You're listening to sermons from Crossroads Community Church. You can find out more information about Crossroads by visiting our website at crossroads.cc or by visiting us on Sunday mornings at 1420 Lakeside Drive in Yorktown, Virginia. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Good morning. Welcome, welcome. So glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, as we just watch those video announcements, one thing I want to say is um, Paul's going to get up later and talk about the Serve Week a little bit and what needs there star- still are for that this week. But Rise Against Hunger is Friday night at Calvary Chapel Newport News at 7 p.m. It's our two churches that come together to do this. This is our third time doing that. And we have over 250 people coming to serve between the two churches. Isn't that incredible? Amazing. Uh, many of you will be there, and some of you aren't available, or you, you know it's just not going to work out for your schedule. But there are still ways for you to help, and one of them would be to donate. Um, and by donating, it helps pay for the food that we're going to be packing. So uh, an example is we're doing thirty thousand meals. How much do you think thirty thousand meals costs to do? That's a good guess. That would be a lot, but yeah, you would think that's what it was. Eighty thousand. Anyone else want to take a guess? How, what was it? 50? All right, let's keep going down. You'll be surprised. It's $12,000. It covers 30,000 meals, okay? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's incredible. Those meals will go to places like Hawaii, which could really use that right now, uh, places like Nicaragua, places like Haiti, uh, where there's food shortages. So you can be a part of it, even if you can't be there, by donating. Uh, the total is 12000 our, our two churches are responsible for that amount. And so far together, the two churches have raised around $3,000 or $3,500 total. So if you can give, that would be fantastic, uh, and it will help. Last year, we raised about $15,000 total. This year, we're coming in a little short. So uh, join us and, and serve or give, and it will help a ton. So here's how you give. Go on the app or website under events. Don't go to our giving page of our church, but go to the events you'll see a, uh, an event there that says Rise Against Hunger. And when you click on that, uh, there'll be a place there to, it says register or donate, and you can donate. Okay, got it? All right, so help us with that. All right, so we are in our second uh, week of a series that has a very creative name called Psalms. We're just calling it Psalms. Uh, and uh, over the next few weeks, we're just going to walk through some of my favorite psalms and probably revisit this again next summer because there's way too many psalms to do in the short amount of summer that we have left. Um, but psalms are a collection of uh, worship songs, really. It's, it's poetry. Uh, it, is, uh, it is poetry and worship songs that touch on every single emotion possible. In fact, no matter how you're feeling today, I promise you if you read the psalms, it will speak to you. All right, it goes from the greatest joys and celebrations and the greatest things in our life to the hardest, most difficult days and the emotions we feel then. Read the book of Psalms and it will speak to you. All right, so we've been um, memorizing a scripture together, Psalm 100, verse 1 and 2. And, um, and I, this is one of the verses that I do not have memorized. We've done a, a verse every series this year. And so I've been working to memorize it. And I'm going to try to say it in front of you. Who would like to come do it next after me? Nobody? Okay. Um, so maybe next week. I'll give you another week. So let's, I'm going to try to say it, okay? Uh, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Psalm 100, verse 1 and 2. Did I get it? All right. So uh, next week it'll be your turn. Now I really won't call on you to come up. 
But memorize it with us, and we'll all say it together next week. Uh, We've been praying together this prayer in unity as well during this season. Uh, Lord, use me as an example of how to serve others. There are so many ways for you to serve, and tons of them this week. Use me. Pray that God will use you as an example on how to serve others. Many of you reading the Bible reading plan with us on Psalms as well. Lots of comments. I've enjoyed reading all of those. Keep, Keep doing that together. All right. Psalm 19. Got your Bible? Grab it. Um, Jump into Psalm 19. If you don't, it will be on the screen for you. Um, I love Psalm 19. I think this is a good way for me to introduce it to you. Uh, Have you ever sent somebody a text and they didn't respond back to you? Have you ever called somebody on the phone and asked them to call you back and they didn't call you back? Or sent someone an email and they didn't respond? So your first thought is, well, maybe they didn't get it. Maybe, uh, maybe they're busy. Maybe they're out of the country and they just don't see it. Maybe uh, they're just a bad communicator. Don't be that person. Um, our mind starts to kind of go that way. And then we say, well, it's been a little while. Let me shoot another text. Shoot another text over, no response. Has that ever happened to you? Call again, no response. Email again, however you would do it, no response. And then your mind starts to get all crazy because it, it becomes relational, doesn't it? It's like, what's, what's going on? Like, are they upset at me? Are they mad at me? Is there something wrong? I don't, I don't understand why they just won't respond to me. Uh, teenagers, any teenagers? Uh, you pay for their phone and they don't respond to you and you're like, oh, okay, well, you can just start paying for your phone then. Any parents had that conversation before? <laughs> Uh, or adult children, maybe. Um, not speaking specifically about mine, maybe. I don't know. Um, and it, it gets all relational. It's like, well, what, what's going on? I don't understand why they won't respond to me. Are they upset at me? Are they mad at me? Is, is there some kind of brokenness here between the two of us? I just want them to say something to me. Acknowledge it. And they got to read receipts, and they still don't respond to you. Uh, it, it begins to get kind of crazy. And so, I don't know if that's ever happened to you before, but has it ever happened to you with God? Have you ever felt that way with God? It's like you you say, well, God's not speaking to me. God is silent. God's not, I'm reaching out to him and he's just not saying anything back. Where is he? God, say something. Please say something. Anybody ever felt that before? Well, Psalm 19 is great because it, it answers the question for us, is God speaking? Does God go silent on us? Does he ghost us? Is he, got, is he there? Is he there? How does he speak to us? Psalm 19 tells us how he does, and I hope that it encourages you today. If you felt like things were silent and you cry out to God, say something, Psalm 19 says to us, I have. I will. I am. You're just not listening to me. So David, who writes this psalm, it says, God's speaking, and he, he says, I, I look up at the skies, God speaks. I look down at my Bible, God speaks. I look inward in my soul, God speaks. Let's look at the three of those as we read Psalm 19 together. See if you can pick it up. It's a beautiful, beautiful psalm. might be one of your favorites. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. 
their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of its chamber, his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word that is going to speak to us today. God, thank you for your Uh, your heavens, your sky that shows your glory. Thank you that your spirit is moving in this place today and speaks to the souls of people who are here. God, use these moments. We want to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So three things here uh, we see from David. We say, God, speak to me. God, say something. God says, I have. I am. I will. And this is how he speaks. He looks up at the skies. He looks down at his Bible. He looks inward into his soul. See if you can pick up them, all right? First, God speaks through the skies. God speaks through the skies. David, who wrote this, uh, was a shepherd. He spent a lot of time in the fields. He probably spent a lot of time camping at night, looking at the stars. I, I imagine as he writes this, and I have no proof of this, but I imagine he writes this. Maybe he's been out all night one night, and he's camped out all night, and he's watched the sun come up in Bethlehem over the Dead Sea, and he begins to write these words. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. I love that. I love the poetry of that. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises, it says, at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived from its warmth. So he says, day after day, it speaks. Night after night, it reveals knowledge. He says it declares the... He says, it declares, what does he say that it declares? The heavens declare, he didn't just say it, he declared it. You know that joke, right? The office, anybody watch the office in here? I didn't just say it, I declared it, okay? Uh, It says, the heavens declare what? The glory of the Lord. The glory of God. The heavens declare the the glory of God. I don't don't know that it, it may, I don't know, but I don't know that it speaks to us I don't know that the heavens speak to us about the love of God or the, 
the mercy of God or the forgiveness of God, but it does speak to us of the glory of God. That there's a, a beautiful design that speaks to a beautiful designer. It's, it's the glory of God. Let me just make it as simple and profound as I can. If you see something designed, you expect that there's a what? Designer. Uh, when I was in high school, I, I, I drove a 1976, and some of you know this, a 1976 Chevrolet C10 pickup truck. Beautiful truck. Well, it really was. It would be beautiful if I could like do something with it. But amazing, tank-like, incredible truck. Nobody had anything like it at all in my high school. My grandfather had it. He sold it to me for one dollar. And I drove that thing around. I put my CB radio up on the top of it. Now, some of you don't even know what that is. I thought I was a country boy from Gloucester. Had my CB radio, you know, shifting in the in the column. Had three. It was three in the tree. Um, it was incredible. Ten, about 10 miles to the gallon, I would get. Fill up on the way to high school, fill up on the way home. It was about like it was. You know, I mean, incredible, incredible truck. I wish I could get my hands on one now. I really do. I, I would love to, to have one, to be able to drive it around. And I look at that truck, I, I, I think, man, what a, what a great design. What an incredible manufacturer that put that thing together, designed the body of that truck. It had a side step on it. Incredible. Loved it. Um, best truck ever. When I look at a truck like that, I think, of a, I think of a manufacturer. I think of somebody who designed that thing. Wouldn't it be crazy for me to say something like, that's a, an incredible truck. I bet it just oozed itself together out of the asphalt. You'd be like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? It makes more sense for me to say that's an incredible truck with an incredible designer. When we look at, when we look at the heavens, when we look at the skies, when we look at the artwork, we're forced, we're forced to notice that there's a designer, an artist that puts all of that together. David says it speaks day after day. Night after night, it reveals knowledge. It just keeps going and going and going. It, it, it moves, it, it rotates, it seasons and patterns happen every day, every night, every week, every month, every year. It just keeps happening and happening and happening, and we get to watch it. We get to see it. I remember in school learning that we all just came from spontaneous generation of a single bacterium. Did you learn that? I love what Sir Frederick Hoyle, the noted astronomer, said. He said, the probability of spontaneous generation of a single bacterium is the same probability that a tornado sweeping through a junkyard could assemble a 747 from the contents therein. It didn't just happen. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. I love in Romans, Paul talks about it in Romans 1 verse 20. He says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. All around us, God is speaking. We have no excuse to not see the glory of God around us. So we may say to God, God, why aren't you talking to me? God says, I am, but you're not listening to me. 
In verse 5 and 6, he describes the sun rising in the morning, setting in the evening like a bridegroom coming out of its chambers, like an athlete running a race. It's poetic. So when you walk outside today and you feel the sun brush against your cheek, God's speaking. Or the sun bearing down on your bald head, however you want to say it, God is speaking. When the stars come up tonight and you see them, God is speaking. When the waves crash on the shoreline, God is speaking. When you sit in the shade on a hot day and the breeze just blows through you, God is speaking. We say, God, say something. He says, I am. Look up. Look up. I'm speaking. Second, we see in these uh, verses that God speaks through the Scriptures. In verse 7, uh, it turns from looking up at the skies to looking down at the Scripture, looking down at the Word of God. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. So he looks up at the skies, God speaks, but that doesn't tell the whole story. It doesn't tell the whole story, so he looks at Scripture. The skies speak to the glory of God. The Scriptures are very specific. The Scriptures tell us about the character of God. It tells us who God is. It talks about who we are. It talks about life. It speaks about life. It speaks to us about life. It speaks to us about death. It speaks to us about love. It speaks to us about relationships. It speaks to us about the future. All of that is there. Did you notice in there that there were six lines that went back to back to back where they fall in this poetic rhythm. Did you see it? There's a, a description or a synonym or a title for the Scripture or the Word of God. Then there's um, kind of this attribute of the Word of God, and then there's the result of it. For example, there's the synonyms first, or, or titles for the Word of God, law, statutes, precepts, commands, fear of the Lord, decrees, all of them synonyms for Scripture. And then there's the descriptions. It's perfect. It's trustworthy. It's right. It's radiant. It's pure. It's firm. And then you get to the results of that. What happens when God speaks? Well, one, it will refresh your soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The Bible is like an unending well of refreshment that realigns us and, 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 and shows us again what God's purposes are for our life. You can go to the doctor for the needs of your body. You can go to the college for the needs of your mind. But you can only go to the Word of God for the needs of your soul. That's it. It refreshes our soul. Number two, it will challenge your mind the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. I don't know if you've ever spent time in God's Word before and said, I don't understand any of that. Anybody? That's too big for me to understand. I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. Maybe it even seems like there's contradiction to you. Well, this reminds us that the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. And if we trust it and we apply it, it will begin to beautifully align in our life. Number three, 
It will give joy to the heart. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Anybody need some joy? I, mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've gone to the Word of God just overwhelmed, hurting, uh, disappointed, exhausted, afraid, depressed. And God's Word brings joy again to my heart, to my life. Number four, it will show us which way to go. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Scripture is like the sun coming up on the dark morning. All of a sudden you can see. All of a sudden you can navigate and see things going on around you. The Bible throws light on life. It's so amazing to me how much light the Bible throws on our life. On, it throws light on marriages. It throws light on relationships. It throws light on dating. It throws light on working. It throws light on everything about the future, everything you need to know. It throws light on it for you. So it says the, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Number five, it will stabilize your future. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. That one's a little different, I understand. It's a little different. Maybe it seems like it. Like how can the fear of the Lord be a synonym for the Word of God? But it is because God's truth should produce something in us. It produces respect or holy awesome respect for God. That's the fear of the Lord. And because God's Word is pure truth without any deficiencies, it will endure forever. The same truth that got you through yesterday is the same truth that will get you through today. It's the same truth that will get you through tomorrow. You can trust it in your past. You can trust it now. You can trust it in the future. It endures forever. Number six, it will benefit your whole life. It says, the decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. I don't know about you, but God's Word has saved me from all kinds of mess in my life. All kinds of mess in my life. You know one thing I've discovered? You may not realize this, but when I, when I read God's Word, it warns me about the paths that my heart wants to go down. Uh, the world does not, it's another thing I've discovered in my years of life, the world does not give you the whole truth about the path you're getting ready to walk down. It will tell you, it's all right, it's good, go ahead and walk that way. It will not tell you the whole truth. God's Word will tell you the whole truth because it's right, it's righteous, it's firm, it says. It's, this is the best way. Go this way. Avoid that way. This is the right way. Avoid that way. Go this way. He says, then they are more precious than gold, than more, much more pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, in keeping them there is great reward. So God speaks through the skies. We look upward, he speaks to us. We look down at our Bible, he speaks to us. And then third, God speaks through the soul. Verse 12 says, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. God speaks through the soul. Deep down, without God, we know that something is missing in our lives. Amen? You might try to ignore that. You might try to push that aside. You might try to hide it. You might try to rebel from it. But it keeps surfacing, doesn't it? It keeps surfacing. 
because God is pursuing. There's something more. There's something real. There's something big. There's something meaningful in your life that's missing, and it keeps surfacing over and over again, and that's because you, you were built for a relationship, a vital, thriving relationship with your designer. So he speaks to the soul, and the crazy thing about that is that he already knows everything hidden inside of your soul. You, you may be hiding something. You may be the, think you're the only person who knows about what's going on deep down inside of you, but he knows. He knows. He knows all of it. Every single piece of it. And one thing I've, I've learned in my life is that when I try to hide from God, I'm not very good at it. Anybody else? <laughs> uh, because then you realize he created all the hiding places, so you're like, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> He speaks to us through our soul because we know that there's something deeper that we need. So David begins to realize as he looks up and looks down at God's word and God speaks to him through his soul, he begins to realize his his sin, his error, it talks about. His hidden faults, the sin, he says, that rules over him. So he's, he's recognizing his need for forgiveness from sin from error, from faults. Because when we begin to see who God really is, we begin to see who we really are. And God speaks inwardly to us. And we see our need for him. So basically, mankind has been crying out to God forever. Saying, God, say something. God says, hear something. I'm already speaking. Just listen. And then he closes with this closing prayer, verse 14. It says, May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's like the revelation of God in the skies, the revelation of God in scriptures, the revelation of God speaking to his soul brings him to a place where he, he says, God, I just want to please you with everything. I want to please you with my words and my thoughts. May it all be pleasing to you. I love the honesty of this psalm. <laughs> We say, God never speaks to me. God says to us, you never listen to me. You never listen to me. So as the worship team comes, just kind of in, in closing, I was thinking this week, Heather and I drove to, to Richmond earlier in the week, and you know, you're listening to your radio station, right? And you start driving towards Richmond, and then you get outside of the signal, and what starts to happen starts to get scratchy, you know, it's like music, and then it's like music. Always happens at the best part of the song, too, doesn't it? And then you're like, eventually it goes out completely. Well, maybe think of it like your phone, okay? So you got your phone, and you've got a, you've got a signal, and you try to stay close to the signal, and, and when you don't have any signal, you start wandering around trying to get a signal. If I can stand right here and turn this way and hold my phone up like this, maybe I'll get just a little bit of a signal. You see people do that all the time. Men on the men's retreats, funniest thing you ever see. Everyone's walking around like, like this with their phones. Or maybe it's Wi-Fi, you know. Uh, you try to stay close to the Wi-Fi. Stay close to the signal because as you get farther and farther away from the signal, it gets spotty. All of a sudden, you don't have the Wi-Fi that you, you wanted. And so what do you do? Well, Heather and I could have turned around and come back home, and we would have hit the signal again. Uh, 
you know, with your phone, you just got to move close to the signal. With your Wi-Fi, maybe you just go sit in the living room so you're closer to the router. And this is what God's calling us to do here, is to get close to the signal. If things are scratchy, if things are like, I don't, I don't hear anything, I, it's not as clear as it used to be, where's God? Do you know who moved away from the signal? God didn't move, we moved. And so the best thing you can do is, is make a U-turn and start heading back to where the signal is. So it's like, you know, David looks up at the sky and he says, wow. He looks at his scripture and he says, amazing. He looks inward and he goes, ugh. And the only person who can take care of the ugh is the God who's pursuing you. So two questions as we close. Number one, God is speaking. Are you listening? Number two, are you staying close to the signal? Let's pray. God, thank you for speaking to us, Lord, for for your glory being around us all day long, and we just don't even see it. We walk get up in the morning, we drive to work, we don't even see the sun, the, suns, the sunrise, the sunset, the, the wind that blows in our face. Lord, we help us to see your glory in your beautiful design and creation. God, that we would take time to, to read your word, to look down at our Bible, to see that you speak to us and that your word is perfect and true and righteous. And it gives us joy, shows us the way. And God, you speak to us through our soul. And you're doing that now. Your spirit's moving through this place and saying, you are far away from me. Or, come on, it's time. It's time. Some of you are praying those prayers for somebody else. Maybe you're, maybe you're actually thinking of somebody else right now and saying, I, I want my spouse, my granddad, my kids to, to hear you speak. God, may they, may they see your glory that's all around them every day, all the time. Maybe they won't pick up their Bible and read it, God, but... put people in their life that will speak your truth to them. And Lord, as they feel that overwhelming place in their heart and know that they are far from you, they will listen. So God, we, we're thankful that you speak to us. Help us to listen better. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Crossroads Community Church. If this message was meaningful to your life, please let us know by sending an email to office at crossroads.cc. You can also watch our services live every Sunday at 9.30 and 11 a.m. or visit our campus in Yorktown, Virginia. If you would like to connect with us, fill out our Connect card by the link in our podcast description. We hope you have a blessed week and we can't wait for you to listen again soon.